You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome to a special crossover edition of the Locked On Sooners and Locked On Longhorns podcast. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me is the host of Locked On Longhorns. He's also the managing editor over at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. We've got Patrick Kahn at Pat Sports Guy. Pat, how's it going, man? That's good, man. You know, uh, getting ready for some some Red River Rivalry a basketball edition uh, going on tonight at the Lloyd Noble Center in Norman, Oklahoma. That's going to be some exciting basketball. Final game of the year for the Sooners. Uh, you know, so it, it's going to be an interesting to kind of see how they look in their final game. Uh, are they going to continue to skid like they've been doing, or are we going to get a better version of Oklahoma than we've seen over the past few weeks? Texas can't say much because they've been struggling as well, but they did get the victory over Iowa State in their last game. Yeah, it's big yikes right now for the Oklahoma Sooners. They've lost three straight and had leads, convincing leads, 10-point leads in each of those three games and let them slip away. They're just not able to close down the stretch. And I, I got to tell you, I'm not super confident with uh, Oklahoma's chances heading into this matchup with Texas. When when the two teams met earlier in the season, Texas was missing starters due to COVID protocols, and Oklahoma was able to get the upset victory that was an upset at the time. But, yeah, the way Oklahoma's been playing in the second half of these games, I'm just not super confident. How are you feeling about Texas's chances heading into this matchup? Well, you know, I think you brought up a good point. You know, they were missing starters in that game. But not only that, they were missing their head coach. Shaka Smart was also in COVID protocol. So they had the backup. Uh, Kevin Turner uh, was the acting head coach in that game. Uh, you know, former SMU assistant who joined the staff this year. So, I mean, that that plays a big part. You you don't have your head coach. You're not, you are you know, he, he does things in a different way. He knows his team a little bit better. I mean, you, you think about it. Shaka Smart's been with these guys longer than and Kevin Turner, so he has a better feel for them. Uh, you know, you have to feel a lot better, but uh, my big concern going in this game is is how Andrew Jones is going to play in this game. Uh, that That's my biggest concern when it comes to Texas basketball. Uh, obviously, the other thing is being able to contain uh, Brady Manick underneath. Uh, he He's done a lot better job recently of being a – a point scorer for him, a distributor. He does he does really well in kicking the ball out when you get double teamed down on the block. Uh, so defending him and making sure they can get out on those shooters uh, because uh, much like Texas, Oklahoma can be very hot and cold, and when they're hot, they're really hot, and when they're cold, it's uh, you could see them go three, four minutes on the floor without a single bucket. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's been a tale of two teams for Oklahoma the last few weeks. And when they went on that run and they beat, what was it, four teams in the top 15 and four teams in the top 10, something like that, a few weeks back, they were they were on fire. They were hitting deep shots from three. They were playing really good defense. They just haven't been as consistent defensively over the last stretch of games, and they haven't been able to hit as many shots either. They've been very inconsistent from three, and they've been inconsistent in their secondary scoring as well. You know, Brady Manick had a big game the other night, but nobody else really did. Uh, and then, you know, a couple nights ago, it was uh, uh, Davian Harmon that had a big game for Oklahoma. But outside of Austin Reeves and Davian Harmon, nobody else really showed up. And that's been really the big issue is that, you know, you got Austin Reeves kind of carrying this team on his back. 
and everybody else is just kind of showing up and then disappearing and, and kind of playing these, I don't know, they're just not very consistent right now. And they need, they need this win as they head into the Big 12 tournament because it's just a team that's reeling right now. And I think they'll come up with some adjustments. You know, what, one of the things that I found that they've done really well at times is when they play their best basketball, it's because they're attacking the rim. They're going into the lane and they're trying to get points in the paint. And if and they're kicking those balls out to the to the shooters after they drive to the basket, as opposed to kind of playing the pick and roll, pick and pop, looking for those three balls instead. So what gives you pretty what gives you a lot of confidence about Texas heading into this matchup? You know, I think with the matchups that you're gonna see a lot of times on the floor, I've noticed that Lon Kruger likes to go with a four guard uh lineup um, a good chunk of the time. They're gonna have to combat a a a guy with in Greg Brown who who brings the explosiveness inside. You know he brings the the big dunks, but he can provide some outside shooting for you. He can get to the free throw line because of his physicality. Uh, and, and when the big thing I got to look at, and I think this is a a path to success, is to get Elijah Harkless uh, into foul trouble early on, uh, get into the bonus. Uh, a lot of, a lot of those guys, because down down low, I mean. You're looking at it. You got Jericho Sims. He's kind of been the glass cleaner for Texas. Uh, can Brady Manick, you know, can he deal with his athleticism? Uh, can he deal with his strength down low? That's been a big question because they've used him a lot uh, at the five position, playing in the post. And, and as we saw with Oklahoma, when they went up against West Virginia and, and you know Baylor early on, they struggled with those guys inside. And the one thing that Texas has with depth on their bench is they have guys who can go inside where you talk about Royce ham. Uh, you talk about Kai Jones, uh, Jericho Sims. I mean, you got all these guys that are six, nine, six, 10. How does Oklahoma battle that when they're going with a smaller lineup with four guards, that's going to be their biggest question. That's I think to me, that's the biggest matchup problem for uh, Oklahoma and dealing with Texas is because there are times where they will go with a traditional two guard set, whether it's Andrew Jones, whether it's Courtney Ramey, Matt Coleman, and then they go with the three forwards in Sims, Brown, Kai Jones, Royce Ham, uh, any combination. And then, obviously, Brock Cunningham. He's not a big scorer, but he's our energy guy. He does all the dirty work. You know, how does Oklahoma deal with him? And now that Jace Fabris has been – he's been back. Last game he was hot. He was three or four from three-point line, uh, you know, in 21 minutes, scored nine points off the bench. So, you know, there's a lot of those guys with link that – Oklahoma's going to have to deal with how do they do that uh, tonight uh, at the Lloyd Noble Center? Yeah, I think what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to play more Kirk Quick, and he's kind of their backup big that, you know, sometimes he gets a few minutes in the last matchup against uh, Oklahoma State. He only got two minutes, but he's a, a guy that's got a lot of length. He's got some athleticism. They like to throw lobs to him uh, inside the paint, but I think they're going to have to play him a little bit more than what they'd like. You know, they, they played Brady Manick 40 minutes and that loss to Oklahoma State because they went all out for that game and they came up short. But against these bigs that Texas brings to the table, they're going to have to play a little bit of a different lineup because they're going to be outmatched inside. And if Shaka Smart you know, rolls out several bigs against Oklahoma, it's going to be mismatched central in the paint. And Oklahoma State outscored Oklahoma in the paint by 16 points because they, they were more willing to take it inside. And, and I think that was a huge key to the game where Oklahoma State's settling or getting shots inside the paint, Oklahoma's having to settle for threes, mid-range jumpers, you know, less efficient shots. And they just weren't able to hit enough of those to come out on top. 
you know, the rebounding is going to be a huge key because it's been a big issue for the Oklahoma Sooners over the last couple of weeks or Brady Manick just hasn't been as consistent as he needs to be. And hasn't been as physical as he needs to be down on the block, getting those defensive rebounds. I mean, them not getting offensive rebounds, that's one thing, but then giving up a lot of second chance, third chance opportunities scenes is just been killer for them. And so it's one of those things where I, I, I struggle to, find a way that Oklahoma wins this game based on the way that they've been playing. And I bet they'll come out and win this game because I've doubted them. But uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to have a lot of trouble with Texas on the inside and Brady Manning's going to have, have to really find a more aggressive and more physical part of himself in this game in order to, for Oklahoma to come out on top. You know, I'm, I'm going to take Texas in this game. I think it's going to be a close matchup, but like you said, Oklahoma's kind of been on a skid. Texas found a way to win a basketball game last time out where they held their opponents to less than 42% shooting from the field, uh, less than 30% from behind the three-point line. If Andrew Jones is going to be on in this game, that's why I'm going to take Texas because I think he does show up in their final matchup before they get ready for the Big 12 tournament that's coming up. They want to secure their spot, and we might just see Another, the third matchup of the year in the first round, Texas-Oklahoma one more time. Yeah, and I think I think I kind of agree with you. I think Texas is going to win this one. Oklahoma is just not playing good enough in second halves of games. They're not making enough defensive stops. They're giving up 10-point leads routinely at this point, and it's just hard to find anything uh, that you can hang your hat on, and Texas is just kind of think a bad matchup. You know, they say styles make fights, and this is one of those matchups that just isn't a good one for, for Texas or for Oklahoma. They're going to need Austin Reeves to just have an otherworldly type of game. They need Damian Harmon to really step up and be that second initiator guy that can take it to the glass. They're going to need uh, Emoja Gibson to hit with efficiency from three-point lane, and they're going to need Brady Manick to find a more physical presence than, than what he's shown uh, recently. And they're gonna, They can't give up second, third-chance opportunities to Texas on the inside. That's just going to be a prime recipe for defeat. So, yeah, I think we're both in agreement there. But, hey, coming up next, we're going to dig into a piece that Cammy Griffin wrote over at the Longhorns Wire ranking the Big 12 quarterbacks, uh, all 10 of them. We'll talk about uh, quarterbacks 6 through 10 in the next segment and then 1 through 5 in the final segment. Uh, but before we do that, I want to talk to you a little bit about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much at the storefront auto parts store when you can go to rockauto.com and save? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And today on the Locked On Today podcast, James Harden heads back to Houston with his new team, and get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so right here on the special edition crossover, Locked On Sooners, Locked On Longhorns, my good buddy John Williams. We do cover opposite teams, uh, but we're still good friends. But we want to want to get into a conversation here where I think we're going to agree a lot on, 
and maybe we'll have some disagreements. We're going to get into this. Longhorns Wire editor Cammie Griffin put together her top 10 quarterbacks in the Big 12. Yeah, we're talking football. We know. Spring football is right around the corner. So let's start off with looking at, you know, the opponents in the conference. Uh, starting at the very bottom, I, I, John, I don't think you're going to be surprised here. Uh, we got Kansas coming in at number 10. Uh, they got Miles Kendrick, Jalen Daniels. I think they're going to lean more Jalen Daniels. He gives them a little bit more athletically, uh, which I kind of feel like with the inability to protect their quarterback. Uh, if you looked at the numbers last year, pro football focus ranked them as the worst. Uh, they had two offensive linemen. They gave up more than 30 pressures apiece. Uh, terrible. Can't protect your quarterback. Give me the athletic guy. But I, I don't think you can go anywhere else. And and the fact that if you look at the running back situation, Puka Williams is gone, uh, gone to the NFL. Who's going to be their guy to step up? I mean, I do know that they have some names there. Uh, but for me, Jalen Daniels is going to be the guy. But he's going to have to start at the bottom because I just don't see him as better than any of these other quarterbacks, at least right now. Yeah, he certainly got some skill and he's got some ability. But I think, you know, he was under siege so much last year. And the times that he did get opportunities to actually drop back and sit in the pocket for a second, he was a little bit rushed. And you can understand why. Because when you have two offensive linemen giving up 30 pressures apiece, it doesn't give you a lot of comfortability back there. And you got to have that, that confidence in your offensive line to at least give you, you know, two seconds to be able to set up and, and go through a read. Uh, it, it's huge. And I think you're right. I think Jalen Daniels will be the starter for Kansas. They're going to need somebody that can create on his own and gives them another running option. They can run some read option, some little bit of RPO. They're going to need somebody that can create out of, uh, out of script. Yeah. And that, that's the important part, right? Creating out of script because that's where Kansas is going to have to win because they're not going to win by beating their opponent. Uh, put you know, the guy in front of them consistently, they right. just don't have that talent. So you have to out scheme them and you have to do stuff off script. Uh, uh, another quarterback situation that they got, number nine here, we're going with Baylor. Jacob Zeno or Jerry Bohannon at Baylor. You know, it's interesting about that. Jacob Zeno is a guy that we saw sparingly last year. Uh, we, obviously, Charlie Brewer was the quarterback there. He decided to uh, come back for another year in college football, but not at Baylor. He's going to transfer out to Utah. Uh, so Jacob Zeno is likely the guy that's going to take over. Uh, we like I said, we saw him sparingly, but it's going to be interesting because it's a new offensive system. Uh, you had, uh, I think it's Jeff Wilson who's coming over from from BYU, and you saw what he was able to do with Zach Wilson as his quarterback. I'm sorry, Jeff Grimes. Uh, Jeff Grimes had Zach Wilson as quarterback. Now he's coming into Baylor. Uh, Larry Fedora is out, uh, but I'm going to go with Jacob Zeno just because. Uh, he has a little better physical profile, and I think that fits better to what Jeff Grimes likes to do throwing the football, as we saw with uh, Zach Wilson last year at BYU. And it makes sense, and I, I think having him ranked at number nine because we just haven't seen enough of him to really get much of an indication of what kind of quarterback he's going to be or if we can even rank him higher than some of the guys that are ahead of him on the list. But, yeah, I mean, he definitely has some tools that can provide some options for Baylor to – create some points and they're going to need to score some points, but you know, their defense is going to be pretty good. So it might actually give them an opportunity to not have to do too much. You know, they can hope may, they might be able to rely a little bit more on a running game and play some defense. Now there'll be times against some of the better teams like Texas against Iowa state against Oklahoma, 
where they're going to have to sling it a little bit to, to keep up. But uh, yeah, I, don't, I think Jared Zeno at number eight makes a lot of sense. Or sorry, number number nine. Number nine, yeah. Sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, well, I mean, if you go back uh, to the game, I think this was their lowest output of the season up until the Big 12 championship. But Baylor held Oklahoma to 27 points, yep. uh, which is by far their lowest of the season. And they couldn't – they just they didn't have enough offense. And that's going to be their problem. Uh, they had the same problem with Texas. They held them to one of their lowest offensive outputs of the season, but they couldn't score. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, if they're not able to do those things, I mean, there's no reason why that the, the Baylors are going to be better – or too much better than the Kansas of the world. Maybe yeah. the Texas Techs, uh, which gets into number eight here. We have Tyler Shug. Uh, the Oregon transfer, uh, four-star quarterback. Uh, you know, it's interesting about this, uh, and I, th- I think you'll like this. There are now three quarterbacks from the state of Arizona that are playing Big 12 football. You have Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma from Chandler, Arizona. You have Tyler Shug from Chandler, Arizona. So it's going to be really interesting. Uh, we got another quarterback to go along with Brock Purdy, who we're going to talk about a little bit later. We'll talk about Spencer Rattler later. I just thought it was interesting. They have three starting quarterbacks or alleged starting quarterbacks, all from the state of Arizona. Thought yeah, it was interesting. Tyler's a little low. You think, uh, it's not typically where you think of the quarterback factory being. Right, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, Pinnacle uh, is yeah. the one where where Rattler come from. But they consistently put out NFL talent or high level collegiate talent but i to me here number eight tyler shug's a little low for me uh i i think he's more established than a lot of the quarterbacks that are on this list that we're going to go over uh so number eight's a little bit low like i could understand because obviously they lost a couple wide receivers who transferred out um you know and, and then they're losing tj basher who was their you know their tall big play guy uh but tyler shug is so much better talent-wise, than they had in Alan Bowman, that they had in Henry Columbi. Uh, it, to me, I, I mean, eight's, eight's too low for me, and considering he just led his team to the Fiesta Bowl, or he was part of the team that went to the Fiesta Bowl after winning the quote-unquote Pac-12 championship. Yeah, the, the, the Pac-12 championship that uh, really shouldn't, shouldn't have happened. Yeah, anyway, uh, we can talk about that on another edition. But yeah, I think you know, Tyler Shug coming in at, at eight is just one of those, like, what's Texas Tech going to be? You know, how good are they going to be offensively? But it's definitely a guy that's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of promise. Obviously, you come into college with four stars, and that's a lot of people think pretty highly of you. So I'll be interested to see. I I think I could agree with you that he's probably a little bit too low based on who's ahead of him on this list. Uh, But that's just also how deep the Big 12 is at a quarterback right now. It's really interesting. Yeah, we're going to, uh, you know, what's interesting is, so Tyler Shug's new offensive coordinator is going to be one, Sonny Cumbie, used to play quarterback at Texas Tech. Uh, so coming up next on the list, obviously, we're going to talk TCU, where Sonny Cumbie used to be. We got Max Duggan coming in at number seven. And Max Duggan's one of those curious ones that, you know, he can be a dual threat. He can run for you. Um, he can throw the ball for you. He can be really good. But then there's other times where you wonder where Max Duggan is. Um, he's so inconsistent. He's up, he's down. Uh, you don't really know what you're going to get. I mean, the talent level's there, obviously. Um, you know, but, you know, can and, – and how does this new offense look into this season? I mean, they have Zachary Evans. They have some some weapons on the outside. But with a new offensive coordinator, how does how's this all going to look? I mean, I, I, it's, I'm sure it's going to be fairly similar because they had co-offensive coordinators uh, last year. 
very similar, but how does he look this year? Can he be more consistent? He looked a lot better towards the end of the year as they won four out of the last five games. Yeah, I think some of the inconsistencies that we saw with Max Duggan last year were just the inconsistency in his availability a little bit. You know, they they kind of eased him into the starting lineup. He wasn't always fully available. And I like Max Duggan. I think he's kind of a gamer. He's not necessarily the most talented quarterback in, in the Big 12, but I think he's got some of that heart, that those intangibles that you really like. And, um, you know, reminds me a little bit, you know, with the – the, the intangibles of like a Sam Ellinger, like maybe not the most gifted passer, but the the running ability, just kind of the, the determination, the the heart a little bit. He's going to he's going to will himself and will the team into more positive situations. You know, it's interesting that you brought that up because that's the first thing I thought of uh, when I look at Max Duggan is I see Sam Ellinger in him. Um, I, I see a guy that that is like that. He's going to will his team. Um, you know, no matter what the score is, you right. feel like you have an opportunity because of that quarterback. Uh, we're going to go into number six. This is a quarterback that you know very well. I know you're probably going to get upset with me bringing it up. Uh, Kansas State's quarterback, Tyler uh, Skyler Thompson, who looked really good early on, uh, then got injured, gone for the rest of the season. Will Howard's the quarterback, the backup, the very highly touted. Just wasn't the same. And Kansas State kind of fell off the map uh, completely over the last five weeks. Uh, he's coming back. New number. He's going to wear number seven, which, you know, wearing number seven as a quarterback at Kansas State is a very prestigious thing. I don't like him at six. I think he's number – I think, to me, Skyler, with what he can do throwing the football, what he can do running the football, um, and then Kansas State as a whole, I think, with Deuce Vaughn and everything – He's he's top five for me. I, yeah. I don't know about six, but you know, not my list. And and but I mean, I we're, what are we arguing? One spot here, five, six. I mean, dude. I don't know, man. I'd have a hard time putting him any lower than four. I think he's honestly three on this list. Just the experience and the success that he's had. You know, he's he's a guy that's beaten Oklahoma twice. Um, there's not not many quarterbacks that can say that over the last few years. Uh, he he and uh, Chris Spielman, they just have Oklahoma's number. And yeah. you know, Skylar Thompson played a really, really good football game against them. He's another guy that just, again, not the most gifted passer, but his running ability plus the intangibles give his team a lot of opportunities to win football games because he just keeps them in them. Uh, and I think, I think we're going to see another, you know, a development in Skylar Thompson's game and his leadership for Kansas State is going to be huge uh, going into this next season. I think uh, I was really disappointed to hear that he was coming back because he's just, he just hurt the Sooners and he hurts a lot of the big 12 because of his ability to run the ball. And then also his, his, you know, he can get hot. He can get streaky as a passer too, and, and really, really kill you in the passing. game. that's what he did against Oklahoma this last year. You know, two years ago, it was his legs that killed Oklahoma this last year. He looked like the second coming of you know, Baker Mayfield with his arm. I mean, it was crazy what he did against Oklahoma in the passing game. Yeah. I, yeah. So I think, I think we're pretty good where we're sitting here. All right, we're going to get into one through five momentarily. First, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on sports action. Now, football's over, even though we are talking about football today. Football may be over, but there's NBA, there's college basketball, there's NHL. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. Uh, I know John Williams is probably betting on who's going to be the next Bachelorette. Uh, you know, they got all those things. They got the prop bets. Go to betonline.ag. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. The best way to place your bets. And guess what? It's free to sign up. 
Go to betonline.ag. Use our promo code locked on L O C K D O N to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You can do it on your computer, you can do it on your mobile device. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. And while we got you covered for Oklahoma and Texas football, make sure you go check out the Locked On Big 12 show with uh, our guy, Josh Neighbors. He's got you covered on everything from football, basketball. He's going to have baseball coverage as well. Uh, he does a great job giving you the ins and outs of everything going on within the Big 12. So make sure you are subscribed mm-hmm. to the Locked On Big 12 podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're going to dive right on into this. Uh, number five. Now, this, this is where I... I took the list. I saw the list at number five, uh, and I wanted to tear it up and throw it in the trash uh, <laughs> because I don't think Jared Daigie is that good. I'm sorry. I think Jared Daigie is a good quarterback. I don't think he's top five. There's no reason that Skylar Thompson or, or Max Duggan are behind this guy. Um, as we saw, in, he had a terrible game in the bowl game. They ended up having to bench him. Bring the former Sooner quarterback, Austin Kendall, into the game, win that against Army. Uh, you know, he is the presumed starter. For me, I, I mean, I think he's good. Um, but, you know, and maybe Neil Brown wanted him to be a starting quarterback because of the success that he had at Texas Tech with his older brother, Seth Daigie. Uh, But, yeah, for me, Jared, he's not quite there. So, yeah, he's just kind of meh, you know, like he's he's yeah. an okay quarterback. You know, he just doesn't do much for you otherwise. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I would prefer Skylar Thompson or Max Duggan above above Jared Nagy. That's just me personally. Yeah, and yeah, and, and go back to obviously like you didn't get to see it this year because obviously the West Virginia yeah. Oklahoma game never happened. But if you go back to the Texas game, I mean, it was a low-scoring affair. I mean, they held Texas to a really low output. The only problem is that they couldn't stop Bajon Robinson in that game. Uh, Who can? Who can? Eight, right. But they had opportunities to throw the football in that game to win, and he just couldn't get it done. Right. Uh, abs- you know, th- there were times where he just overthrew him, underthrew him. You know, it, it's it was like – if. You want to look back at that game. The reason why they didn't win that game was Jerry Daigie. Uh, and so, for me, if you're going to cost your team some games, uh, you better also win you some games, and that's just not his game. That's not how he is. Uh, coming up, number four, we have Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State. It's gonna be, this is an interesting case, right? No Chuba Hubbard. No Tylen Wallace. Uh, you know, so you look at who's he throwing to, who's he handing off to. We got L.D. Brown. Who was an okay running back? I mean, he was he was the backup, and he did well. But how, how does he look when Chuba Hubbard's not there? When he's the guy, uh, you know, how does Spencer Sanders do when he doesn't have Tylen Wallace, who you could just absolutely just throw it up to him? Uh, he's going to go and get it, uh, no matter how high it was. I mean, there were times where I, I didn't understand how Tylen Wallace could do those things. Uh, but without him, you know, how does Spencer Sanders look? And I am not me personally. I'm not. Um, I'm not too sold on Spencer Sanders. I, I mean, I think four is a good spot for him. I mean, I could understand lower. Yeah. Uh, I could understand that, or maybe higher, depending on how you feel about him. But I think he's a good quarterback. Again, you know, one of those guys that's inconsistent. He's hot and cold. Yeah, I mean, my my most recent memories of 
Spencer Sanders or him getting benched in the early part of that Oklahoma Oklahoma State game because he just wasn't getting anything done. He couldn't run the ball, couldn't throw the ball. I mean, now Oklahoma's defense was just swarming him, and he didn't really have a chance to, to get comfortable. But yeah, again, I think you know he's an okay quarterback, um, solid. He can put you in some positions to win some football games. But again, like a lot of these guys on the list, just too hot and cold, and probably a guy that I would still have behind Skylar Thompson. Yeah, I mean, you go back and look at some of those games. Uh, you brought up the Oklahoma game, the benching, right? Uh, go back to late October when they played Texas. He sing- single-handedly kept Texas in that game because of his turnovers. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so without that happening, you know, maybe they beat Texas and they get a better bowl game, what 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 have you. But the fact was he kept Texas in that game long enough for Texas to find a way to win that football game. Because uh, if you go and look at the offensive stats, they ran up and down the field on Texas. They just couldn't hold on to the ball. Which gives me to my number three person on the list, my three court, number three quarterback. We have a combination here. Casey Thompson, Hudson Card from Texas coming in at number three. That's a bit high for me, I think. Uh, I saw what Casey Thompson was in the in the Alamo Bowl, and he looked fantastic. He was efficient. Um, and he scored a lot of points. Don't get me wrong. Hudson Card is a guy who has all the talent in the world, can spin the football better than some quarterbacks have been playing at Texas over the last decade plus, you know, not since Colt McCoy. Uh, You know, either one of those quarterbacks at number three, do I think they'll be there by the end of the year? Probably. Actually, I I think they're going to be a top three quarterback, whoever wins this job. I think they're a top three quarterback. Why? Because I believe in Steve Sarkeesian and what he's going to do on offense. But for me right now, I, I two three is too high for me uh, for a quarterback uh, for for two quarterbacks who've never made a start at all. I mean, and so that you know when I look at that, I, I like I, like I told you, John, I I think they'll be there, but right now it's too high. Yeah, and that's why I keep coming back to Skyler Thompson and keep beating that dead horse. You know, like it's a guy that's got a ton of experience in the Big Twelve and, and played in a ton of big games, won some really big games, uh, and. You know, like you said, you know, these guys, Casey Thompson, Hudson Card might be there by the end of the year, you know, even threatening Brock Purdy for that number two spot. But yeah, I just don't, at this point in time, it's all projection. You just, you're hoping that they're going to be that good. We just don't know that they're that good at this point in time. I, I think the supporting cast helps a lot. I mean, when oh, you have sure. the number one running back in B. John Robinson, the way he runs the football, you know, and, and you know, some of the weapons that they're going to have. Um, Joshua Moore is back. Yeah, Jake Smith, Jordan Whittington, um, you know, Troy Omier is going to be uh, – who's a guy who they're expecting to be good. Didn't get seen this last year because he tore his ACL uh, right into spring or fall camp, so we didn't get to see him. Uh, but, you know, and they have some weapons at the tight end. But you brought up Brock Purdy. Who's coming up at number two on this list here? Brock Purdy. Um, now, he's a guy with a lot of experience, uh, obviously, and, and he – he beat Oklahoma. He came close to beating Oklahoma the year before. I think it was a one-point loss in that game, 42-41, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he beat Oklahoma um, only for Spencer Rattler and Oklahoma to get the better of him in the Big 12 championship with all the marbles, with all with all the poker chips on the table when it was the most important. Uh, he wasn't able to win that football game. And he is a guy who I think makes a lot of big plays with his legs throwing obviously with all the tight ends that they use mismatches everywhere 
My biggest problem with Brock Purdy is his turnovers towards the end of the year. He turned the ball over a lot. Um, and so that that's my biggest concern with him. But given what he was able to accomplish, I don't see any other way but to put him as the number two quarterback in the Big 12 going into the 2021 season. Yeah, I think that's about right where he should be. Uh, he's He's got the most experience. He's got the biggest wins on his resume. And again, it comes down to protecting the football, which it does for a lot of these guys. You know, even Spencer or Rattler, who we'll talk about in a second, uh, uh, you know, turnover issues were a big part of the early part of his season last year. But with Brock Purdy, if he's con- if he's taking care of the football, then Iowa State's winning a lot of games because he can make enough plays with his arms and his legs that he can win a football game for Iowa State. But if he's turning the ball away, over, giving it away, then it, it really puts Iowa State behind the eight ball. But yeah, he's he's a good player. I think he's solid. Um, again, another quarterback I was disappointed to have come back this year. You can go back and look at, uh, you know, there's a play that stands out most, and that's probably that interception he threw towards the end of the game. I, I still, like, I've gone back and seen that play a hundred times. I still don't know what he was throwing that for. I, I, I never understood it. That was the most bonehead interception to cost yourself a game mm-hmm. that I've ever seen. I was, I, I'm still dumbfounded that he even threw the ball. Uh, but that goes to show you what happens when you're consistently getting pressure on a quarterback. Yes. And there was no quarterback getting more pressure uh, than Brock Purdy in that game. Uh, you know, Ronnie Perkins was there. Isaiah Thomas was there. Perrion Winfrey was getting there. It was like everybody, Nick Benito, who's the top returning pass rusher uh, in the country, according to Pro Football Focus. So, I mean, it was coming from everywhere uh, in that game. But also in that game was the guy he lost to and the number one quarterback on our list. And uh, any time that we talk about this guy, John gets this goofy smile on his face. We're talking about Spencer Rattler, the quarterback at Oklahoma, the front runner for the Heisman Trophy uh run this coming season according to our friends at betonline.ag they see spencer rattler as the the front runner the favorite um and probably a uh probably a future number one overall draft pick um in the 2022 nfl draft i could see that is there any other choice here at number one than spencer rattler um you know going into last year I made my picks for my top quarterbacks. I had Sam Ellinger at number one, obviously. Brock Purdy was behind him. Spencer Sanders was behind him. And then I had Spencer Rattler at four, and people were like, why do you have him at four? And I'm like, Spencer will be number one by the season's end. I said, but right now he's not. And and we saw it as the season started, and he started slow. Um, you know, the, the loss to Kansas State, then the loss to Iowa State, in which they had leads in both of those games in the second half. Uh, turnovers cost them that, uh, just the inability to, you know, it, it felt like Lincoln Riley kind of went into a shell in the second half and he wasn't as aggressive. Um, and then we saw the Texas game, Red River rivalry, and they bench him. And Spencer Rattler took off from the second half of that game on um, the turnovers were way down. And, and you just saw, I mean, there were still some throws that he made where you kind of like, what? Uh, but, you know, you get that with a young quarterback. But he's every—he's everything he was advertised to be, uh, especially down the stretch. And we saw what he gets, what he did against Florida, and you know, and, and some of these other teams. He was at as advertised as the number one quarterback coming out in the twenty nineteen uh, recruiting cycle. Yeah, and you know, it, it took a minute to get him going. Uh, I think 
some of the hype train got a little bit derailed early on in the season. But yeah, there's there's nothing you can say about Spencer Rattler that I mean hasn't already been said. The guy is just a really really good quarterback. And he came in with a lot of moxie, a lot of uh, confidence. And I think that confidence led to some him taking some chances that maybe he shouldn't have taken, throwing it to double and triple coverage on some deep bombs. And you're like, I don't know about that one. But you know what? Like, hey, shoot or shoot, right? And he's a he's a thrower. He kind of comes from that Baker Mayfield kind of Brett Favre style of quarterback where he doesn't, there's not a throw that he doesn't think he can make. Like he's going to try everything. It doesn't matter if it's covered or not. He's going to try and fit it into a window. He's going to try and throw it into double coverage because he thinks that he can get it there and he thinks this guy can make a play. Sometimes it's going to hurt him. But yeah, he, he, he learned. He learned. He Yeah, he did learn. He has some of the best arm talent yeah. that I've ever seen. Um, you know, and I, I uh, spent some time covering a certain – Super Bowl winning quarterback by the name of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's not, I'm not going to say he's Mahomes, uh, but he's up with that arm talent. That, that, that's kind of where I'd put him in that range. Um, I, you know, if the rest of the game comes with him, I, you know, I think he's going to do well. And I think he's going to find himself as, like I said, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. He's got that elite arm talent. I mean, I knew watching him against Missouri State in his very first game, and I saw some of the throws that he was making in that game. You know, it wasn't that it was impressive against Missouri State because obviously it's Missouri State. You know, they're an FCS team, um, but it it was the th- it was the the way that he was throwing the football effortless. I mean, just right. absolutely effortless. And you know, he could spin the ball very well. And so when you see those throws, you know, as as an NFL draft evaluator, those are the things you're looking for. It's like, does this guy make Sunday throws? And let me just tell you, Spencer Rattler makes a lot of Sunday throws. Um, so you, you'll see him at the next level at some point. Don't know. Is it going to be this year and Caleb Williams takes over? We don't know. It could be uh, after this next season. Uh, but I think we we both agree with Cammie Griffin. Spencer Rattler, without a doubt, is the number one quarterback in the Big 12 going into the 2021 season. Yeah, absolutely, 100% agree. I think he is the guy that is going to – determine how Oklahoma season goes this year. If he can build off of what they did over the last half of the season in 2020, get a full off season. Like this is his first like full off season as the starting quarterback under Lincoln Riley, which is going to be a big deal. Those starter reps developing chemistry with his young wide receivers that he didn't really have an opportunity to do last off season. I think it's going to take his game and Oklahoma's offense to another level. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun because they also have a defense. It's continually, continually improving under Alex Grinch, but yeah, Spencer Rattler, he's the guy. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch him this year. Um, and who knows, man, they, they might get a chance to repeat as big 12 champions, but it's going to be another tough, tough conference slate. I think and, and if Texas is improving, so we'll see what happens. We'll have more to say about that. As the spring goes along, we've got spring football right around the corner. And then before you know it, it's going to be summer football and then it's going to be fall time. And we're going to be able to talk about that. And we'll talk more with Patrick Khan. Pat, thanks for jumping on the show, doing a crossover show with us, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's always fun. And um, you talked about, you know, spring and, and you know, into the summer. And my, my biggest question is, can Lincoln Riley avoid the early season letdown? Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's going to be the big one because it happens every year and they overcome it every year. But, you know, but that could be the difference between getting into the college football playoff and only playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game, as yeah. you know. Um, and obviously Texas is, still, is trying to get back to a New Year's Six Bowl game. 
Haven't been there since the Sugar Bowl. Can Steve Sarkeesian get them over the hump? Uh, can they finally defeat some of these teams that they've struggled with, with the TCU and Oklahoma, Iowa State? Those are the teams that they've really struggled with. They haven't so much struggled with a team like Oklahoma State and some of the other teams, uh, but you know those three have really kept them from getting up into the upper echelon. The recruiting's good, so we'll find out. We'll, we'll talk plenty about that as the spring into summer and into fall progresses. Yeah, that's going to do it for today's crossover edition of the Locked on Longhorns and Locked on Sinners podcast. Again, go follow Pat on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. If you're a Longhorns fan listening to the show, make sure you subscribe to his show. If you're a Sinners fan listening to the show, make sure you subscribe to the Locked on Sinners podcast. You can find us on all social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Go check us out over there. Uh, For Pat, for my partner, David Walker, I'm John Williams. We will see you on Friday.